time to get real. I want to see some crazy whizbiz. What's the magic made out of, Ding Dong? I want to see some of that whizbiz. Welcome back to the WizBiz Podcast with Alex and Eric. I am Eric. And I am Alex. And on this podcast, in case you haven't picked up on it by now, we talk about uh, the cartoon Adventure Time. And in this episode, we will be discussing Adventure Time Season 1, Episodes 21 and 22, which are called Donnie and Henchman, uh, respectively. Um, and, uh, with that, I'm going to say, uh, how's it going, Alex? Uh, you know, Eric, it is, it's going just terrifically. Um, that's, you know, I don't know. Life's going. You can hear my voice. I had a, had a, I had a tube in my throat and, and my voice is all weird now. And I want it to go back to normal. This might be your new podcasting personality, intubated Alex. Yeah. So, um, audience at home, just to catch you up, uh, I've gone to like a full Caligula level of like my hedonism. So like I lay on my couch for days at a time and I have slaves come. It's part of me. Enslaved people come in and um, (laughs) and they they match food with their feet and then they put it in a funnel to a tube that's shoved down my throat. Yeah, but the problem is the tube is screwing up your voice. So you're going to have to you're going to have to go to the plain old uh, grape peeling, you know, like I guess. But I mean, you know, after years of grape peeling and whatever, you, know, you just kind of get bored of it. I think I'm going to go full shining and have somebody in a bear suit blow me. <laughs> you know, it is the season for that. Uh, it's it's cold in in uh, Oregon. And um, yeah, I think you could probably really uh, find somebody who'd be eager to wear a bear suit for that. I think Excellent. there's probably a whole section of the Internet that's devoted to it. Yeah, let me just type in bears, uh, men, bears, slaves. Yeah, <laughs> nah, it's all Goldilocks related material. Um, uh-huh. Eric, how are you? Oh, I'm good. You know, um, it's uh, the holiday season, and you know, I kind of, I think I have something similar to like uh, reverse sad. You know, so like normal people with seasonal affective disorder get all sad in the winter, but I'm the other way around. Like I love it when it gets dark early. I love it when it's cold and rainy. I want it to snow like really, really badly. Um, and it just, I feel like the, the darkness, uh, lifts my spirit. Does that make me some sort of weird soggy goth? I was thinking it might make you more of the, what's the opposite of the heat miser? What was the cold one's name? I don't know. Mr. Cold Miser or whatever from those old Rank and Bass specials. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> I'm 107 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, I, I think that makes you a, um, a Londoner. Londoner? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, you're just... But, yeah. Your European roots are showing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, my, I am very much a Northern European sort of person, I guess. Um, but, you know, I mean... I really like the Christmas season. Uh, my family has always been really into, you know, decorating Christmas trees and p- 
putting up lights and making everything seem sort of like festive and fun. And we've got like traditional foods that we cook each other for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Like yesterday, I went over to my brother's house and we decorated his Christmas tree and um, hung out and stuff. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, uh, all yeah. know, I finally met Eric's brother after knowing Eric for six years, seven years at this point. It has and, been uh, a while. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so does, has, has he talked about me? Did he, like, did he, did he, did he bring me up at all? Um, he hasn't talked about you. I, I don't talk to my brother as much as I should. Um, but, uh, other friends of mine have talked about you and everybody has liked you. I don't yeah, know what's but, you wrong know, with Your them. brother's so handsome and, you know, I just, he is, but he also, you know, he's got a girlfriend and he's got his music and he's well, got I'm his kids. I'm not close-minded. She can come. He doesn't have time for other people. <laughs> for new Fine. People. <laughs> Yeah. I guess yeah. I have sex with one of your other relatives. Okay, that's fine. Uh, okay, let's talk about episode 21. Donnie, yes. tell me the thing that you loved the most about this episode. I mean, I love that it wasn't based on uh, Donnie Wahlberg. That was <laughs> that was probably like my the, the main takeaway. Because I thought it was going to be like, oh God, it's the less talented Wahlberg. And the first Wahlberg isn't that talented in the first place. Uh, uh, <laughs> so that was that. Okay, I dig deeper. Like what did you really really love about this episode? If you don't get this, if you don't if you can't answer this question right, I am going to um have an adventure time cry. I think I know the answer you're searching for here. Okay. Yes, when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of professional wrestling and Finn putting him into a rear naked choke was pretty funny. All right, you got me. Put the cuffs on, <laughs> officer. You figured me out. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I started writing the note, stupid, boring BMO is in this episode. And then the heavens parted, the gifts of God rained down, and BMO, with his spoke. little boy's sweet, sweet voice, spoke yes. to us. Oh, oh God. Is, it, finally, like we've been waiting for BMO to show up for realsies for well i mean 21 episodes it it was it was like uh like a salve on my soul it was a panacea Ugh. i was yeah. just literally midway typing about stupid boring bemo being in this episode and then just bemo talked and it was only one sentence but oh god gave so, me gave me some juice so i'm kind of wondering like bemo talks after donnie the grass ogre knocks them across the room and I'm wondering if that big jostle is what activated BMO. If BMO just needed to get smacked around a little bit for for the artificial intelligence, for BMO's AI to kick in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm down with it. Yeah. I, I mean, right. this show, I think violence solving everything, probably that's a totally valid it, That's true. Reading. Violence does solve a lot. Uh, yeah. And in, in fact, the episode sort of teaches us that being a jerk at least solve some problems. Yeah. So while we're on the BMO part, just let me yeah. please read our quote from our dear saver BMO. I am incapable of all emotions, but you are making me chafed. <laughs> Which right. I kind of like when I heard it, I was sort of like, oh, you know, I bet you that was just, I wonder if originally that was just going to be a throwaway that, um, that BMO wasn't ever going to speak again. They just had to have this one little joke thrown in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they thought he was like a little boy yet. Um, yeah. Let's let's bring up this now, uh, just because okay. we're talking about BMO. Okay. There is a thing on the internet. Oh, no. Is this about the bears? No, there's a lot of that. Okay. Uh, this is a different <laughs> thing on the internet. Okay. Uh, that that uh, 
is proposing BMO as a they them. Yeah. Which which okay now I'm again this is not me already. There's, there's literally no they them argument will be brooked on this podcast. We are the most accepting humans that can possibly be accepting in our age group. We, we're mm-hmm. we're there with it. However, BMO refers to himself as a little boy as a, a little boy multiple times. So. Yeah. Um, you referred to BMO as a they right there, and I think you just because it's a it's a robot and it, you know totally accurate usage. Yeah. But I just wanted to get get it on the record here that if someone knows the reference from the internet and hears us, or especially me, brazenly uh, calling BMO he, uh, I'm going by the episodes uh, wherein BMO refers to himself as a little boy. Yeah, because BMO does seem to have a preference for being yes. thought of as a little boy. Yeah, so I just want to put that out there because it is. I do see that frequently on the internet. The uh, BMO, mm-hmm. you know, pronouns being they them. If there's evidence for that, happy to change my mind. But the evidence that I have uh, from the show would be BMO as being a little boy, because yeah. that's the the sentence used at least once, well, probably more than that. I will probably switch back and forth between those. I I guess uh, I don't. It's fine. I just wanted to make sure that anybody in the audience that thinks I'm being like some kind of asshole, I, I'm i being a uh, an asshole because I feel like the evidence leads towards <laughs> this conclusion, not the other one. Yeah, I mean, you're not really putting off clouds of obnoxygen about this. That's that's for sure. I mean, no more than I usually do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so now that I got my woke talk out of the way, what were you going to say? <laughs> woke talk. <laughs> well, I mean, there there are some fun things in this episode. Um, first, the uh, the Y wolves are friggin' terrifying. Like they are mm. all teeth and pointy parts. Like they almost kill the house people. Like it's pretty brutal. They they aren't the most effective at killing, but uh, you know it is a kids show. But I mean, you know, they rip that one house person open, and you can see that the houses are basically little costumes for creatures inside them yeah the the bank house got uh got got pretty messed up i have questions about the why wolves wolves in the i have multiple questions wolves in the adventure time universe Uh uh-huh can only infect other people using their bite because i I, the reason i ask is because finn clearly gets scratched on the arm yeah and he doesn't start asking more why questions or any of the reporter questions for the True. rest of the episode. Uh, just clarifying that. Yeah. But we see uh, – we haven't watched the Hug Wolf episode yet, have we? That's I don't think season, we have. That's season two, I think. But, yeah. Um, but I believe the Hug Wolf infects others with a hug. I think that's what I was asking about the scratch from the Y Wolf. And yeah. then – so the, the more important question is – and maybe that's why they did it is why the Y-Wolf, other than the silly joke, they don't really ask many questions. They, just they don't. We're vaguely intellectual for about 12 I seconds. I don't think that they ask questions. I think they answer questions. I think that's what a Y-Wolf does. A Y-Wolf answers questions. Hmm. So if the houses, let's say, were to propose, like they're being attacked, they're like, why are you attacking us? Th- then the Y-Wolves would be compelled to answer. Much like Dracul so. having to pay, count the pieces of uh, sand thrown in front of him. Yeah, or like the grains of rice. Yeah, yeah. Stop, yes. stop and count everything. Yeah, um, I think that's probably that's probably the nature of the Y wolf. I think that's it. They they have to answer questions. It's probably their biggest weakness. Yeah, I feel like that probably should have been exploited more for the for the solution. I mean, Finn I, gave I up so real too. quick. You know, um, I, I feel like uh, you know, I feel like. 
one of the things that we saw in this, you know, Jake did a really, really good job of reforming Donnie the Grass Ogre and getting him to stop being a jerk. However, by the end of the episode, what we discover is that Donnie really enjoys being a jerk. Like, it's kind of his natural way. I mean, he's a friggin' ogre. Ogres are jerks. Like, that's yeah. just how it is. But um, but he does sort of seem to be really thankful that uh, Finn and Jake helped him reach a new level of uh, self-awareness, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that's the question. We t- I mean, at least I've talked about a lot of is your, is your nature... And the way that you're acting, you know, we were talking about, like, you know, the dharma of action. Is it the nature of him being a jerk, the correct thing? Or, because really... The dharma of Donnie. Yeah, if it is, that would mean that Jake is actually doing, essentially being uh, sinful towards Donnie by trying to civilize him into (laughs) his version of culture. You know, there's like that cultural relativism (laughs) argument. He's being a jerk the proper way, the dharmic path for him, you know. Yeah, like, were they... You know, I mean, they thought they were doing good. It's it's Finn and Jake's dharma to help others, and they thought they were helping. Like, they can't... They didn't know the right path. They just yeah. knew that they had to try to help. Uh, and it just so happened, you know, that one of the things that, that G- Finn keeps learning over and over and over again is that the the world is, is more complicated than it appears, and there's not always like a really straightforward answer to every problem. Yes. Which which is a bummer, but that's how it is. Well, so let's talk about, so Donnie is, is a big old grass ogre jerk. Yeah. They meet him, they bring him back to the, to the tree house to try to, you know, make him their friend or whatever. I want to talk about how chickens in Adventure Time apparently shoot eggs when you squeeze them. Yeah, I think that's how it works in real life too. Uh, well, maybe I don't have a chicken here to test, and you know, I'm just. It just seems like it'd be really rude to the chicken. Oh, I'm sure it's rude, but I mean, he's a jerk, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's shooting chicken eggs uh, like a gun at the at the little houses. Mm-hmm. You, you also question why that chicken was there because those houses are way too small for eggs. Like, just it's you know the the ecosystem doesn't make a lot of sense. They, the the chickens were rentals, though. Yeah, why are they running chickens though? Well, um. Maybe they do eat the eggs. I mean, if you think about it, like one egg could feed an entire cute little house person for probably like two days. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they probably just have to rent it and then, you know, give it back. So every like two weeks or whatever, they rent a new chicken. Yeah, I mean, Um, they probably just need both. They probably just need those two chickens to feed the whole village. It's probably really economic. Yeah, no, it's pretty. Yeah, maybe I should move there. Be like like the Shire. I would assume that since they, you know, the, the bank, uh, character the little bank building guy the one who got cracked in half and had to go <laughs> spackle his cracks oh yeah uh he seemed to have a really healthy understanding of economics hmm you know he seemed to be he's probably the first person in adventure time in the adventure time world that we've seen who could uh you know balance a checkbook and make a budget and that sort of thing yeah it's interesting though because you know, what did, What do they do for a living, the other houses, in order to need a bank? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we can assume that they don't live in some sort of Calvinist society that demands that, uh, you know, a tiny house person has to have a job and be a productive member of society in order to deserve existence as a tiny house person. I would assume that they're probably yeah. more 
socialist or something of that nature where they just want to support each other because tiny house people are by their nature um you know house-like and inviting and wanting to provide shelter for each other although they are also jerks because remember when they laughed at donnie at the end it's true so and it is the distant future so they're probably just like running bitcoin or whatever that's true yeah <laughs> so uh <laughs> Finn goes back and discovers the where the Y wolves. While this is happening, Jake uh, has has cultured Donnie into uh, mm-hmm. being a cellist and uh, having having good elocution, mm-hmm. and, and and wearing pants and wearing pants, which is some kind of uh, Garden of Eden metaphor or something. You know, it is because he because he spends the first half of the thing with with just a leaf over his genitals. The first half of the episode, he just wears a leaf over his genitals. So it is absolutely those pants are a metaphor for for being civilized and a nice person, which we see because we also discover in this episode that Jake also wears pants, which I don't think ever comes up again. But he wears pants spun from spider webs by pixies. Yeah, I mean, I think we all just assume that was true, though. I just figured he was a dog. Oh, no, I mean, pretty much anybody I meet, I just assume they've got like a some kind of like external layer of some kind of magical see-through thing. I feel like that's um, maybe not the most informed view of the world, but I will allow it. I also assume everybody's wearing Mithril. <laughs> Makes life more magical. All right, so but the point of driving at here, so the, the, this yeah. episode is another one of those... Uh, being a jerk can save the situation episodes, which we run into a little mm-hmm. bit, where the, the, the message is ostensibly wrong. However, there's another awkward part here, and I know this phrasing wasn't as fraught or significant or or uh, heavy as it was back then, but there is a anti-no-means-no message in this episode in which Donnie makes his, his stance clear. He says, I do not want to go back and be a jerk. No means no, Finn. And, and then Finn, Finn completely ignores that, no consent, and drags him back into the world of jerkdom. Yeah, uh, it's sort of questionable um, behavior for a hero, isn't it? Because that is sort of, you know, it makes me think of like so many times where heroes sort of stand up for something and they're like, no, we will not sacrifice one to save the many. Yeah. And okay. in this episode, Finn does. Yeah. In a way. He's sort of like, sorry, Donnie, you have to go back against this to save these innocent creatures. You know, in a way, uh it, it's it's a tough it's a tough question for Donnie because in order to really not be a jerk, he does have to help protect the innocent. Yeah, I so- yeah, okay. Like yeah. in a in a way him yeah. being a jerk is sort of his heroic role. Like he he is he is a reluctant jerk at the end, but uh he has to do that in order to protect the innocent because not protecting the innocent would be even more jerky. Okay, yeah, yeah. That Weird, makes sense. Huh? Yeah. And the only way he produces obnoxygen gas, which is, you know, poisonous to Y wolves, is by being a jerk. Like he has to be a jerk in order to do it. Yeah, it's which is weird that why wolves would be weak to obnoxious gas. It's, I think people that ask why a lot or know the answer to every question are very obnoxious. True. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, maybe the why wolves lack uh, the awareness of how obnoxious they are. 
Yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my theory. Small note on this episode, language use. Um, they turned Donnie back into being a jerk by mocking his songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Jake has uh, taught him various songs about how to put on pants, etc. And Jake refers to his songs as being super balls. Now, <laughs> that seems just like a hair too crass for the children's show we're watching. I mean, I'm you fine know, with it, but like, uh, it just, it's there, weird because usually there's that tone and it's just... There just is. a little I, past. You know, the next episode also has a really, yes. really crass joke, which uh, which is related to this. Uh, oddly enough, um, uh, pixies are also mentioned in both of the episodes tonight, and not, and we don't see them. In fact, I don't know if you ever see pixies in Adventure Time, but they do get mentioned uh, at least in these two episodes. But are there actually pixies? I want to say there are, but I have no memory of that. I just it just feels like they should there should be. I mean, I guess we'll just keep our eyes open for that. Yeah, or we could just look on the wiki. Yeah, but that's, you know, I feel like that's cheating. I look on the wiki for every episode we do, just to see if there's anything that I missed. Oh, another important thing in this episode is the Cosmic Owl. uh, Oh, yes. This isn't his first appearance, um, but, uh, and he, you know, he shows up in like dreams and stuff. I think this is like his second appearance, probably. But um, he does... Uh, apparently have a role as a balancer of ecosystems in, in his cosmic duties because the Y-Wolves say that if uh, Donnie vanishes or doesn't produce some oxygen, then they will eat all of the house people uh, and populate, and, and their population will grow so much that the cosmic owl have to come and wipe them out. Yes. Uh, yeah, which doesn't feel like that's part of his job duties later in the show, but you know, whatever it's, it's yeah, part of the text. I feel like so. the Cosmic Owl mostly just shows up in dreams, doesn't he? Like, isn't there something later on, something about, uh, if the Cosmic Owl shows up in one of your dreams then it's a prophetic dream and it's going to come true? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of his main job. Yeah. And Jake befriends him at one point. Like he becomes kind of a main character towards the end. Yeah. He hangs out in Prismo's palace. Yeah. When he's like off work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake befriends Prismo and Cosmic Owl's there. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. I was yeah, I I combine those two characters into one. Well you shouldn't do that. Prismo's cool. Cosmic Owl's kind of obnoxious. Although he is an owl. Owls are cool. Well, I think it's time for a segment. Well, I mean, first, Eric, I think we should probably just go stare wistfully at that lake. Oh, that's probably just, a that was the last like, was just <laughs> such a weird throwaway line I had to bring it up. Like, I know. <laughs> what a, I mean, I love it, but like, what a strange, what a strange little thing to say between a dog and his little human friend. Do you want to? Okay, so now that we've uh, now that we have torn this episode to pieces, now that we have dissected all, we've of torn it, it asunder. Do you want to change your opinion of it? Do you think it's actually an okay episode now, or are you still kind of like, ugh, I'm I, Donnie? I, no, I, I find it somewhat obnoxious. Um, I. Th- don't like Donnie as a character. Um, I don't think you're supposed to. He's a jerk. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. I think, I think the main, my main problem is I don't like Donnie as a character too much. The Y-Wolves is a one joke premise um, that kind of compels the rest of the episode. And it's in, like, I just think we've done the be a jerk to win the day uh, message a bunch of times on the show already. Like it just didn't trod new ground. Um, I okay, did love that Bimo was in it. I mean, that was, yeah. that probably makes it a winner, but it's, yeah. it's not, a, it's not a bad episode. It just didn't, didn't, didn't wow me. It didn't, it wasn't bringing the, the juice. 
Okay. All right. Well, okay. Then now it's time for a segment. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Hi, Eric. You possibly have any shiny rocks you've discovered lately? Uh, boy, howdy do I. And, okay. um, by that, I mean, I do. I thought I had it pulled up. Okay. I, I've had it pulled up the whole time. I'm good at show prep. I uh, found a list of words that, uh, uh, come from other languages that uh, English doesn't have an equivalent. And I'm oh. going to read them to you. This comes from the depths of Wikipedia. Um, okay. I love Instagram these kinds page. of words. Yeah. I, I know a few of them actually. There are a few um, of these were very familiar to me. One, I have almost no chance of coming within 10 feet of pronouncing correctly. Um, cool. So the first one, and this is the one that I love this word in high school. And I haven't thought about it for a while is um, saudade. Saudade. Yeah, it's a Portuguese word. I think it's Portuguese. They don't have the origin here, but my memory is of, of it being Portuguese. And um, it's like a melancholic state, a, a nostalgic longing for something um, oh. that one loves, despite it not necessarily being real. It often carries a repressed knowledge that the object of longing may never may never be had again. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, that's, saudade. That's good. That yeah. feels like that feels like there should be poems about it. Yes. Um, uh, famous rock star, Nicol- uh, uh, I said Nicholas Cage, uh, Nick Cave, uh, did a lecture on saudade and duende, which is another Portuguese word. Mm. And I forget what duende means. But uh, yes, it is, it is a, it a, it's a word that has been written about and probably poems were done. I now like this it. one, I like it. Uh, Eric, you're going to know. Uh, Weltschmerz. Oh, yes. The Weltschmerz. Yes. When the world hurts. Yeah. And literally world yeah. pain or world weariness. Um, mm-hmm. And just, you know, kind of a melancholic sadness about life. They say, yeah, a mood of weariness did, or sadness just... about life arising from the acute awareness of evil and suffering. Okay. Before we continue sifting through this pile of shiny rocks, are they all about being sad? Yeah. Are we so. just li- listing listing words from other languages that have to do with being sad? Yeah. But like in a, in a way that our language doesn't... Um, um, necessarily have the exact word for and it's not oh. all sad well i mean they're all kind of sad based but okay okay yeah like the next one is a uh, uh mono no aware which mono no aware yeah uh yeah. and that's translated literally the pathos of things mm-hmm. uh so it's um and that's japanese isn't it yes um so it's uh, a sensitivity to ephemera uh, uh, transit to the transients of things, both a transient gentle sadness or wistfulness at their passing, as well as a longer, deeper, gentle sadness about the state Aww. being the reality of life. Oh, no, 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 aware. Yeah. Mono, no, aware. Oh, no, no, aware. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of, yeah, just like a empathy towards the, the uh, ephemera, which is uh, nice. I like, I like that one too. That's a good one. And this is the one that good luck, Alex. The word is. M-A-M-I-H-L-A-P-I-N-A-T-A-P-A-I. Oh, can you put it in the chat box? I uh, see this word. Yes, I can. I'm going to have to type okay, that because okay. I have it as a picture form. Well, that's weird. Well, I stole it from... Um, Mama... It's M-A-M-I-H. One of those is an I. It just came out weird. Mami la pinata pie. Mami la pinata pie. Is that um, Tagalog? Uh, 
It is uh, from the Yagan language of Tierra del Fuego. Ooh. It is listed oh. as the Guinness Book of World Records as the most succinct word. Um, it allegedly refers to, I love that it says allegedly on here, a look that without words is shared by two people who will want to initiate something, but that neither will start. Or looking uh, looking at each other, hoping that the other will offer to do something which both parties desire, but are willing to do. <laughs> it's a cool word. That is a cool word. That Very succinct. Cool word. Um, I have, uh, I have a, I have a shiny rock word. Oh, please. Okay, this is a word from a foreign language, also, and the word is chazelich. Uh, uh, I have no idea what that means. It's Dutch, and it refers to a certain type of cozy comfortableness. Oh, okay. Like, uh, like Hygge uh, that got popular recently, which is, I don't uh, know. Never heard that one. Oh yeah. H Y G G E. It's, um, one of those Scandinavian huh. countries up there. It's, you know, kind of cozy H-G-E. winter comfort things. Yeah. H Y G G E. I think it's, I think it's spelled. Huh. That looks, that looks Norwegian or something. Yeah. Um, oh, it's okay. Danish Are, apparently. Yeah. Danish. Oh, then it probably has a really weird pronunciation. In, oh, yeah. You know, in, oh, yeah. In, in no way life. do I think I mean, what I just said is what <laughs> another human would pronounce it. But I, the word I read on the internet is that. <laughs> it's probably hoof or something, you know. Um, oh, what was your word again? Gezellig. Gezellig. G, yeah, G-E, oh, how do you spell gezellig? G-E-Z-E-L-L-I-G, I believe. Gezellig. And uh, let me do one more. Okay. Um, let's do... Probably only one L in Chazelik, now that I think about it. But oh, how, how dare you misspell that? Let's do... Um, we haven't done a Welsh word in a while. Uh, oh, no. And, and, again, not even attempting. Don't know how to say okay. Welsh things. Okay. Uh, H-I-R-A-E-T-H. Uh, okay, what's it mean? So it's, it likens it to a homesickness... Tinged with grief and sadness over the lost or departed. So kind of like homesick oh. plus missing the people that are gone from in that hometown oh, area. Sort of like what all of the Asgardians left on Earth would feel about Asgard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asgard probably has yeah. like a whole bunch of high wraith going on. And yeah, again, just yeah. no, that's not remotely close to how you say that word. Yeah. I looked yeah. up pronunciation and I'm like, I no. Welsh is weird. <laughs> Welsh if y'all want to know how to pronounce it, you can look it up. I spelled it for you. <laughs> yeah. Find your own Welshman. Yeah. Welsh person. Welsh human. Uh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> should we move on to the next episode? Yeah. Speaking of or... Welshmen, henchmen. <laughs> henchmen. There's a, there's, a, there's a transition. This episode is a Marceline episode, which yes. makes me really happy. I love Marceline episodes. You know, okay, so this is episode 22, and there's only, I think, 26 episodes in season one, so we are getting so close to season two, which I am really excited about. Season two is just packed with... with it, Season two is an improvement over season one. But, um Yeah, so in this episode, Marceline tricks Finn into becoming her henchman and uh and hijinks ensue the hijinks of course being marceline just fucking with finn's mind like just you know because she's not this is sort of the episode where we really really discover that marceline isn't actually a villain 
Yeah, she is a bored immortal, <laughs> just fucking she's with people. She's a bored immortal, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, I don't think she's really, at this point, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's a bored immortal. But um, but uh, in the, op- the, the opening scene of this episode, uh, Finn and Jake are playing on what looks like a dragon skeleton. Yeah. Which was awesome. I, I mean, I don't think you ever see a dragon in Adventure Time, but if you did, they're big. <laughs> like, the skeleton was huge. Yeah, I wonder if they killed it. Well, I mean, they couldn't have. There's no way it would be reduced to a skeleton in Finn's lifetime, you know? I mean, maybe it would. But Finn would have had to have been a baby, probably. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that whole, uh, how nature works. I wonder where, yeah. so in the, in the, we'll get back to Marceline in a second. In the world okay. of Adventure Time, this is like a thousand years after the Mushroom War, right? Mm-hmm. How the hell did dragons evolve so quickly? Well, magic. Remember, oh, do you think they're magical had... dragons? Okay, I was thinking, yeah, like, yeah, I was thinking yeah. just like dinosaur dragons. I mean, we're already looking at like there's, you, you know, this episode has the 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 nut people. It has, uh, it has, you know, Marceline, who's a vampire half demon. It has, yeah, but those are uh, magical. I guess, I guess, di- uh, uh, dragons in my head were like dinosaurs with wings they're just oh, like no, I think they're dragons just neat must and be magical meat and electricity you know like us yeah yeah <laughs> um we see some interesting uh magic powers from marceline in this episode um first she has some sort of weird telekinesis that she uses to bend finn's arms in a weird way and then second she's able to uh, cast animate dead and get skeletons to rise from the, their graves. Yeah. Uh, two magic powers that I don't really think we ever see her use again. Yeah. You would think the, the whole necromancy aspect would come back at some point, but yeah, now apparently she can just bring skeletons back from the dead and, and have them be her band, I think is what happened or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They were just coming to the party. Uh I wonder if um, she knows the those funny guys. thing about the skeletons is they all have like swords and shields and stuff. Yeah. So whatever they were, they must have been some civilization that existed after the Mushroom War, but before today. So they're not like actually ancient European warrior skeletons. They're some other race of something. Yeah. I mean, they could but, just be, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's a thousand years. Bones last a while. Maybe, yeah. They last a while, but like, you know, buried in ground like that they wouldn't last forever and oh yeah that's true they'd yeah. be in really really bad shape um so uh so yeah anyhow so so marceline has all these like you know she tricks finn into becoming her henchman and then they go on you know a, a number of little adventures where it's all you know marceline making it seem like finn's about to do something really really bad but it ends up that he's doing something really good um and then <laughs> jake has a great you know jake of course, is terrified of Marceline and has been since she was first introduced. But there's this great line where Jake says, she scares the filling out of my donut. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, that's good. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, um, is, that is a fun line. Yeah. Yeah, th- this episode is a fun one. Like, the, it's all about, I think, the development of Marceline's character. But we do get to see, again, the Duke and Duchess of Nuts. Yes, and... This is the uh, the uh, the other kind of adult joke in the ep- uh, that we referenced the yeah. last episode of, of the, that they go to the. Um, oh, it's so stupid! I'm like, the, that they're going to sack their nut castle. Yeah. 
My nut castle. Ooh, I want to sack my nut castle. Sack my nut castle. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and you know, uh, J- you know, Finn is is so clueless. But by the end of the episode, he figures out that Marceline is screwing with him, and she releases him after an epic fight between uh, Marceline and Jake. Like Jake does so much better at this fight than he did on the first fight in the cave, where he basically had to move all of his organs to one side of his body so he wouldn't get sucked to death, sucked dry. True. Um, you know, I mean, he did it. He did a good job. He he attacked Marceline in the daytime. He had steaks and garlic. Like he was ready. Like he really was so dedicated to saving Finn. Like he he went full vampire hunter and he faced his fear. Uh, of course, he thinks he killed Marceline, or at least vanquished her. But there was there was some trickery afoot. Yeah, there was trickery afoot. You know, but by the end, Marceline and Jake, or Mar- Marceline and Finn, at least, have become friends. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Marceline is probably like the only female character that, fem- female humanoid character that Finn doesn't get a crush on. No, he gets a crush on her. Does he? You think? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a Marceline crush thing. Or at least I'm pretty sure it's, there is. I think there's a couple episodes hmm. where he kind of hits on her. Maybe. Maybe. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, she's Marceline. Yeah, I mean, definitely my choice of uh, the people left over, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple, <laughs> couple kind of uh, points in the in the episode to go over. Uh, their first uh, victim gets introduced like this, where Marceline says, "Well, you've replaced my henchman because Finn decided to take the place of this elderly person that is Marceline's henchman, or at least pretending mm-hmm. to be." And uh, she's like, "Well, you're going to help me feed." And Finn's response is so great. He's like, "Like oats, or, like sentient beings, or like oats." <laughs> I love that his first two thoughts of what she would eat is oats or sentient beings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the funny thing is, like, we've already been introduced to the fact that Marceline likes to eat the color red. So, you know, when the, so I mean, immediately when the when the the target shows up and he's got that huge red bow tie, you know, I mean, it's kind of obvious Marceline's going yes. for the color. Yeah. Uh, but I did I did enjoy the uh, uh, the uh, red bow tie, and then. Um, Marceline fucking with uh, Finn going, hey, were, were you thinking about how that guy's bow tie looked like a bra after I sucked the red out of yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> and Finn's like, no. And, you know, honestly, he wasn't thinking of it. He was terrified of what was going to happen next. Like, he he honestly, I don't think he really gave a shit about the fact that the bow tie looked like a bra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also get a, We also get our one of our first incantations, which is uh, corpses buried in mud that's black. From death, I command you to come back. Yeah, uh, we might have to try that next Halloween. Yeah, I don't know how much necromancy we want to do. Oh, come on. A little All bit of right, necromancy. A little bit of it. light necromancy has never hurt anybody. Fair enough. We better we better pick somebody that's sexy, though. I only want sexy um, reanimated corpses. None of them. None of them will be sexy, I promise. Well, we could find a freshie. Um, <laughs> gross. God. Uh, another had another to, point. You just, had to take it in a dark, 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 dark direction. Um, one of the skeletons, when uh, they they come back to life, grabs Finn's butt, which is a very weird. Oh, really? I, yeah, I think I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that was Marceline controlling the skeletons. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a fun fight between uh, Finn and a dimple plant, 
where yeah. uh, the dimple plant is this adorable thing that turns into like a hideous monster that, uh, that mm-hmm. Finn thought he had to kill the cute thing. It turns out he had to destroy the hideous monster that the cute thing turns into. Mm-hmm. Which he does using Marceline's axe base. Yes. One uh, of the... This is the first appearance of Marceline's axe base. Yeah, I believe, I believe it is. Um, yeah. So here's the main Marceline thing we learned in this episode. Uh, one, uh, she's fucking with him. Two, mm-hmm. there's a conversation between Finn and Marceline where Finn's like, doesn't the sunlight kill you? And, she, and she's like, no, it, it just hurts a bit. It's like, it's like when you scrape your knees as a kid and my mom uh, would come, come in and uh, patch me up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then Which is... Finn re- responds with, Jay told me I was born out of a cabbage. Funny line. But <laughs> this yeah. is the first reference to one... Uh, Marceline having a somewhat human, or at least she wasn't born an adult vampire. Like she had a, mm-hmm. some point had knees that could be scraped and had a mother. Yes. Yeah. And it's, uh, and that, and, and it's kind of a really human moment for Marceline to sort of share this kind of, uh, oh, y- y- uh, what's the word that, um, that is about uh, yearning for a place that is gone and people who are no longer around. Hyrath. Hyrath. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's not how you yeah. say it, but that's what I'm going with. Right, but, yeah. but that's definitely the emotion that Marceline feels. Like yeah. Marceline, you know, and, and and Marceline is one of the characters with a really, really tragic backstory. A really tragic and difficult backstory, which, you know, we're going to actually start getting into in... Uh, like right in the beginning of season one or season two, which I'm, I'm really excited about talking about, but um, it was, uh, yeah. So that was kind of neat to see it, again. It's really difficult to tell at this point, how much thought the, how much thought like Pendleton Ward had put into Marceline's backstory. So I don't know that we really know uh, yet. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, it's a cool little bit. Agreed. Maybe we should, um, let's, uh, let's just ask Pendleton Ward. We need to, um, can we just call him? Yeah, I mean, we gotta get his number first. Um, yeah, maybe we can find him on, like, Twitter or something like that. Yeah. Dear Mr. Ward, would you like to talk about a show you're finished with, uh, for a long time with two middle-aged guys? (laughs) God, if we got Pendleton Ward on this podcast, that would be amazing. I, I don't... I don't know how I don't know how that had ever happened, but I would love it. Yeah, it would be um, uh, it would yeah. be interesting. I mean, maybe somebody out there knows how to get a hold of him. If you know how to get a hold of Pendleton, Pendleton Ward, connect us with him. We want to talk to him about Adventure Time. Yeah, I'd be into it. Audience, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be um, overwhelming. Yeah, he might be. That would be a little. He he might have a little bit too much uh, celebrity for us to handle. Yeah, and are you? What are you doing? You seem like you just got extra sad. No, I was going to look for something, and then I realized that uh, there's no way it can happen while we're still talking, and I just gave up the oh. bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was experiencing so yeah. a longing for something I'll never have. Pendleton Ward. Oh. <laughs> that was the first word. What was the first word? <laughs> oh, God. I, yeah, that was a while ago. Oh, God. Uh, um, was, that, was that Mano no Aware? Mano no Aware. Oh, no, the first one was uh, Sodaje. Sodaje. Yeah. Were you having Sodaje just there? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, cool. 
That's cool. All right. So, and then, of course, this episode ends with, you know, the, like the last task that Marceline has for Finn is like, let's go strangle some pixies. It's the it's the pixies reference where, again, we don't get around to seeing the pixies, but but maybe they're out there. Maybe they're out there. You know, I mean, I I have the Adventure Time wiki open in another window. I'm just going to, I'm going to look. Yeah, fine out. I guess people probably have figured out by now that we're recording remotely, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would, I would assume it's reasonably obvious uh let's see they're first mentioned in donnie then they're mentioned in henchmen um they have never been seen oh they never they in fact i don't think they're ever mentioned again those these are the two (laughs) there are fart fairies but there are no pixies oh that's crazy one would have thought but i guess fairies are they're close enough to pixies it's fine yeah so that's that's sort of <clears throat> that is our uh, Adventure Time trivia section. There are no pixies. Yes. Um, yeah, so neither of these episodes had any uh, new exciting uh, voice actors, although, you know, the BMO appearance, BMO is played by the same um, voice actor that does uh, Lady Rainicorn. Yeah, yeah, the Korean lady. Yeah, um, yeah I can't remember her name. Pexy Pixie Pestanome. Pexy Pixie Pestinome. That is the uh, spell that Gildory Lockhart tried to use to dispel the pixies in Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> I've been trying to think of it if I could remember it, and I did. So I just wanted to say it on the show. Well, well done. Yeah. Well done. You're welcome. You're welcome, everybody at home as well. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, all right. So I think um, the first thing we should do while, while, the, while our dis- episode discussions are fresh in our minds is we should vote on who won these episodes. Oh, well remembered. Yes. Yes. Um, um, if you have somebody... I'm going to vote... Yeah, please vote. I'm voting Bimo. Hmm. Bimo is a minor background character in the episode. Yeah. Oh, man, you're right, because I didn't think of Bimo because Bimo becomes Bimo, but yeah, in this episode, Bimo is like a fourth string guy. Who are you going to Who are you gonna pick originally? I was going to pick the, the bank house. Well, the bank house. No, but he's I, a little. I don't know. He's a little more. He, I, I think he's interesting. But if you were gonna pick uh, a strange house character, I think I would probably pick the well. Oh, uh, the old man well. Yeah, yeah, because like all of the other uh, house people, you can sort of look at them, and especially after the bank gets cracked in half, and you realize that there's like a little critter inside, you'd be like, oh, they're just the houses are basically just their suits, but the well. Yeah, it's actually. How does that yeah. work? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Bimo though, because now that okay, we've established that's that's a that's a third stringer, fourth stringer. Yeah, Bimo. Bimo wins yeah. the episode. Bimo wins. All right, good job, Bimo. Congratulations, Eric. I, I I've heard tell that you have a segment for us. I do. I have a segment. Um, so uh, I just received a late birthday gift, and it is a tarot deck, and I want you to hold on. To something, Alex, because this is pretty exciting. Okay. I'm, I'm holding on. The Garbage Pail Kids wow. Tarot. I did yes. not know that existed. That's awesome. Uh, I didn't either. This book, it has a really, really large book. Um, this is a this is definitely a tarot deck that is aimed at uh, fans of the Garbage Pail Kids. Um, I mean, I, you know, I had Garbage Pail Kid cards when I was a when I was a when I was a wee Reverend Eric way back in the old days. Um, 
And apparently, so apparently a lot of the cards uh, uh, feature uh, garbage pail characters that uh, you might, that, that, that fans would be familiar with, but uh, the cards all have the names of um, the actual tarot cards. So like, you know, the seven of, I, I think the, um, the book tells us, the book informs of us of various things. So like uh, the Hierophant is Brainy Janie. I bet you one's going to um, be Atomic Atom. Yes, the Emperor is Atom Bomb. Atom Bomb, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looks cool. Um, yeah, it's a really, really cute deck. I haven't uh, shuffled it or tried to do a reading with it or anything. Would you? Would you like? Uh, I, let's. I don't. I don't. I don't even know if it's good for shuffling. Let's. Let's find out. Yeah, let's do it. Let's. Let's do a. All right, let's all right. Pop out some uh, three card goodness. Well. Um, okay. Here we go. Divine the, the the future and the present and the past and all the things. With garbage pail kids. Mm, I will say. It's definitely more of a novelty deck than a deck. The the card stock is a little thin. Um, Sounds thin. It shuffles. It has sort of a shuffle that feels a little um, uh, uh, flaccid, I would say. Yeah, that (laughs) sounds like a flaccid, flaccid garbage (laughs) bell kids deck. But the cards are a good size. They're they're a little larger than normal tarot cards. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, it's not the best shuffler. We'll see how it goes. I hope the shuffling sounds cool. Yeah, I think the ASMR heads at home are going yeah, nuts. They're all like, ooh, shuffling cards. Uh so do you have a question that we should be answering? What should we be doing a reading about? Um Oh, I don't know. The future we- of yeah, what's going on in the future? Let's do like a gen- can we do like a general of the podcast? General grievous question? Oh, like the future of the whole world? No, in my future. I'm a I'm a I'm selfish. Oh, your future. Yeah. Your future. Okay, okay. All right. All right. All right. That sounds good. Oh, great tarot. Reveal unto us the future of Alex. Cards based on the greatest movie ever made. Oh god. Oh my god, that movie is so terrible. It's really fucking bad. <laughs> um I read a little bit in the uh guidebook and uh I think what what it said was that they they didn't uh most of the cards are uh from the original Garbage Pail Kids, but there are a couple new characters that they created for a couple of the cards. Uh-huh. Uh okay. So it, I don't know if that was the best shuffle. We'll find out. Uh, card one, which I'm going to put as the, um, uh, let's do the, the future situation card. Ah, you got the emperor. All right. Wow. Adam bomb. Damn. All right. Wow. That's weird. Called it. Yep. Yep. It's not. Sh- Come on. Focus. Focus. Yeah, I got well, it. I got it. Uh, okay. So that's. The Emperor is Atom Bomb. Like, I mean, geez, that's a shitty future if it's an atomic bomb. Um, Hopefully, you know, I mean, the Emperor uh, in traditional reading would uh, represent some sort of material power or material gain or perhaps uh, control over your surroundings in a way that um, is probably good. So this could be a really good card. I just feel like... (laughs) Adam bomb changes the changes the uh thing yeah there. yeah the dynamic switches uh, a little bit uh. Uh, a powerful patriarch 
Although the powerful patriarch is just as capable of causing calamity as he is of creating peace. Ah, the card advises you to remember that rash decisions can have explosive consequences. Oh, clever. Yes. Okay. Now, here's the what to avoid card. Oh, that's probably a good one. The five of coins. I do not recognize the characters on it. I don't either. Uh, let me let me take a look and see. Five of coins. It's all the medium, not white book. Yeah. Three, there's the four. The five of coins has J Decay and Scary Carry. Uh, this is warning you uh, in order to, you know, achieve your explosive emperorhood, you should um, be careful with money. This is interesting. You know, I mean, I don't really normally read um, the meanings of cards out of the books, but um, this one does say that uh, if you're feeling discouraged and desperate, know that it is only short term and that there is financial stability ahead. So I would say that as as a what to avoid card, it's probably telling you to not sink too far into the desperation that might feel like it's coming from financial instability at the moment. Yeah, and I should probably stop having like full time um, food shovers. Yeah, yeah, you might need to um, downsize yeah. your domestic staff. Okay. I mean, I can do that. I can, you know, it's it's going to be tough, but, and you then, know, I could probably have at least just, you know, maybe only one slave. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be fiscally responsible. Yeah. Okay. And then what to pursue? The world. Okay, this is a good card. All the right. world is kind of, I mean, you know, the emperor and the world, I, I would say... The big message there is to work on completing projects, work on completing things that you've been after for a long time. Um, you know, the world is all about sort of finishing and completion. Ah, guess what? Yeah, the, the cards are actually marked. Uh, all new character. The world is Masterpiece Eunice. That's a horrible name. Masterpiece uh, Eunice? Masterpiece Eunice. Okay. Why? Okay. I don't know. That kind of ruins the whole alliterative thing they had going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Masterpiece and Eunice. Maybe it's supposed to rhyme. Masterpiece Eunice. Uh, hmm. I mean, yeah, that's a stretch, hmm. but at least that somewhat makes some kind of sense. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, the world represents completion, mastery, and accomplishment. Uh, it's basically, you know, your life is your masterpiece. You should be... Um, remembering that and working towards uh, enjoying the life that you've created for yourself. Oh, it has a really nice thing to say about you, Alex. It says, proudly enjoy the life you've created for yourself. You're out of this world. Oh, thanks, Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, yeah they really like you. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I am a garbage person, so it all works out. <laughs> They're my people. Yeah, I got to say... Uh, it is definitely a novelty deck. It's 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 pretty adorable. Um, the artwork on the cards is good. I think. I mean, you can see um, the borders are really really big. Oh, yeah. Right. So so the borders are pretty thick, uh, which I think kind of makes the artwork a little bit cramped. But um, yeah, overall, if you're a garbage pail kids fan, I would say this is a this is a fun deck. Excellent. Thank you for yeah. the future reading, Reverend Eric. You are welcome, uh, Alex. 
Well, I have one more segment. I just have a, a cool project that I've been working oh, on. Oh, yeah, that yeah. I thought I would mention. Um, yeah, I've been kind of getting uh, a little bit of an itch to do more Dungeons & Dragons stuff again, and I've been sort of looking at ways to do it online and things like that. But one of the things that I have been doing, this is going to be really nerdy, so bear with me. Oh, okay. Okay, so I use Emacs uh, on my computer, which is basically a... I guess in a way it's sort of a programmer's editor, but it's 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 a very programmable, extensible system that I use for editing everything, documents. I, I use it for writing. Um, but uh, I've been working on an extension for Emacs that um, connects to the uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition API and can pull in like monster stats and monster information while I'm writing. Oh, cool. Which is pretty cool. I will... Uh, I'll furnish you with the links. So you can put it in the show notes so that if there are any other D&D nerds out there, which there must be, I'm sure there are D&D nerds out there. Adventure Time attracts D&D nerds. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, so I'll. Uh, so if anybody wants to check it out, um, if you're also an Emacs user and you want to, you know, really, really get your nerd on, this this would be a good way. Cool. Do it. Yeah. Well, do you want to wrap up the show? Yes. Uh, I would just like to okay. tell... Okay. All of y'all out there that uh, we are WizBiz Podcast at, uh, no, WizBiz, I don't never remember our name. What are we, WizBiz Pod? WizBiz Podcast. It is Wiz, podcast. We are WizBiz Podcast. On everything. On, on everything. WizBizPodcast.com, WizBiz Podcast on Twitter, WizBiz Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can find us everywhere. We're still on Twitter, although... It is getting worse and worse there. Yeah, I really need a front runner to arise because like Mastodon's not going to be it. So I'm hoping like yeah, it's one of the other ones really kind of takes the lead, so we could start putting effort over there. But for right now, yeah, we're Twitter yeah. is still. I mean, I've been I've been using Mastodon and I really like it. Um, but uh, there's nobody talking about Adventure Time on Mastodon, and that makes it sort of a difficult place for us to yeah. find our fans um oh but you know what i did get uh, i have gotten a few really really nice pieces of feedback on WizBiz lately oh good um uh lux estrada from the Luxacult podcast i recently interviewed her and she was super excited about the WizBiz podcast and um said that we're doing a really good job and i just got an email from somebody saying that they loved the WizBiz podcast and they're really enjoying it oh fantastic so so people are starting to pay attention and, you know, uh, you know, like I have, like I'm sure we've mentioned before, podcasting a lot of times feels like you're sort of shouting into a void. So it's just always really, really lovely to hear from our listeners. Yeah, for real. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. Keeps, keeps, uh, keeps the lights on, keeps things going. It's nice. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So tell a friend about us. Yeah. Tell and two. tweet at us. Yeah. Yeah. Tell two friends. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's it. I think we got it. Is that the end of the episode? Yeah, I think we're good. We'll see you next time. Awesome. Bye. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, Gunter.